Today on Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. If you believe that he's there and you believe that you can trust him, that he's good, that's faith. That's faith. And when we forget, you know, so often the object of our faith is whatever it is that we're praying for, whatever it is that we want, whatever, you know, whatever thing or whatever outcome. And that's not faith. That's actually not faith. Faith has as its object your Father in heaven. Always. We forget sometimes what true faith is and what its object should be. In today's message, Pastor Robert shares what true faith is. True faith is not centered upon what we want or hope for. Rather, true faith finds its strength in God alone. It always has as its object our Father in heaven. So where is your faith today? Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you, our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first, here's Pastor Robert in the book of James chapter 4 verse 13 with today's study. James chapter 4 verse 13 says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city, and spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. As I often do, I'm going to give you three points to consider from this passage today. The first one is that presumption is not faith. This is a real serious thing for me. It's something over the years that um, I grappled with personally as a young Christian, understanding what is faith really? I mean, what are we really talking about? I mean, do I have enough faith? And how much is enough faith? Jesus said, if you have a you know, faith like a grain of mustard seed, and a little grain of mustard seed, that's really tiny. And, and he said that to each person, a measure of faith has been given. So it seems like he's saying everybody has enough faith. So I don't understand. You know? And I really grappled with it. And, and then one day the Lord showed me, Hebrews eleven six defines faith for us. When it says that it's impossible to please God without faith, it also says that in order to come to God, you have to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Anybody sincerely seeking God, he rewards. If you believe that he's there and you believe that you can trust him, that he's good, that's faith. That's faith. And we forget You know, so often the object of our faith is whatever it is that we're praying for, whatever it is that we want, whatever, you know, whatever thing or whatever outcome, and that's not faith. That's actually not faith. Faith has as its object your Father in heaven, always. The object of our faith, the one in whom we have faith, our faith is directed toward God. Not seeking his blessing, but seeking him, trusting him. And it's, it's such an important distinction because so many people seek his blessing without really seeking him. I was you know, very much guilty of that 
um, pretty much exclusively. I mean, that's all I did, you know, before I actually came to know the Lord. I grew up going to church. I was, you know, religious in that sense because I believed in God. And, and when I was a kid, I was made to go to church. And so I prayed the prayers. I got baptized. I did all those kind of things. But I sought his blessing. I never sought him. I just didn't even understand the distinction. To me, it was all a figure of speech. I mean, how could I have a relationship with God? He's invisible, he's infinite, he's you know, omnipresent, he's, om, you know, he's all, these, all these omnis, you know, he's, he's everything, and I'm just Robert. How can I possibly have a relationship with him? It had to be figurative, this impossibility. And then I realized, no, it's not possible. The very fact that he is God, nothing's impossible. And he wants relationship with you. Jesus taught us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-eight that the most important command in the scriptures is found in Deuteronomy 6, 5. Jesus quoted it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. We quote that a lot without really meditating on what it means. You know, we've discussed that. You shall obey the Lord your God. Is that what it said? No. That's part of it, right? He said, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So obedience is a factor. But what he said was, you shall love the Lord your God with all that you are and with all that you have, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, all-encompassing love. I love my family, that my wife and kids that way. And you can see that kind of love in the way we choose to spend our time and our resources. You know, I make time for my wife and kids. I actually had a guy get mad at me a number of years ago and leave the church because I said in a sermon, you know, just like this on a Sunday morning, I said, listen, don't even try to connect with me on a Monday. Monday is family day. So unless it's a, a true life or death emergency, Monday belongs to my family. That's family day. And this guy got all mad. He's like, I guess I know where I stand with you. And I said, well, yeah, you do. You do not come above my wife and children. You don't. And that's part of what I'm supposed to be here as a pastor to model and to instruct. Do you understand that? Because that's supposed to be true in your life too. Some of you put work ahead of your wife and kids. That's sin. And it's foolish. Very foolish. Moisés and I spent most of the afternoon yesterday with two police officers. I think a lot of this couple. They're two cops that are married to each other. And... Uh, I've known this detective now for 12, 13 years. His 18-year-old son, he was, had a little virus, sick, throwing up. And uh, he went to spend the, spend the night at grandma's house, and she found him unresponsive. She couldn't wake him up. The rescue rushed him to the hospital, and they had to revive him. He stopped breathing. You know, his heart, his heart stopped beating. Twice they had to revive him. Fit healthy 18-year-old kid. The doctors have concluded, they have a theory that a virus attacked his heart, destroyed it, and uh, they almost lost him. He's still, he's in the ICU. He's still not out of the woods. All these cops gathered around and all these family members and, and you know, one of them made a comment to me. Man, it really makes you rethink your priorities, doesn't it? One day, healthy 18-year-old kid now, they haven't been able to wake him up since grandma found him. He was fine. Now he's not. And they don't know what the outcome's gonna be. They're, they say he needs a heart transplant. 18-year-old kid, healthy, strong, fit. You're looking at him, it's like, heart transplant. Really? 
It brings up all kinds of questions, but one of the questions that it needs to bring up in people's minds is where are your priorities? Where are your priorities? Do you have a family day? Do you set aside time to talk and play and, and learn together with the people you love? You know, maybe you don't have kids, but there are people in your life who should be a higher priority, more than likely, more than likely, than some of the things that you have up at the top of your list. Please, please don't hear what I'm not saying. You know, as my wife always says, do not hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that I've done it perfectly. I haven't. I've always been real open and transparent about that. You know, with my kids, with my wife, you know, there were times when Elizabeth, my wife, would, would say to me, Robert, hello, do you realize your son's been talking to you now for the last five minutes and you're like, you know, you got this glazed over thing going on? You, you hadn't heard a word he said. She's right. In that moment, my mind was somewhere else and I'm not even listening to this child. I would die for him and I'm ignoring him. You see what I'm saying? I haven't done it perfectly. But if you look at my life and you look at how I've spent my time and how I've spent my resources, you can see that generally speaking, I have loved my wife and children with an all-in kind of love, all-encompassing kind of love. Everything I have, everything that I am, you see what I'm driving at? You tracking with me? You guys who have a, a solid, loving family, you know what I'm talking about. For the past 20 years, I've invested in a life insurance policy, prepaid tuition payments, you know, significant amounts of money that, and I was thinking about it the other day because I, I serve as a volunteer chaplain and, and I was headed to do something and I don't know why it popped into my, into my head, but you know, the government has life insurance for chaplains so that if something happens to a chaplain in the performance of their duties as a, a volunteer chaplain or, or whatever, then, you know, they pay the the family, the life insurance premium. And it's a significant amount of money at this point. And, and I had to chuckle to myself. So why am I even thinking about this? I'm not going to be here. They'll enjoy the fact that the house got paid off, but I'll be enjoying other things. Why did this even pop into my mind? Well, this is why. My love for my wife and children is an all-encompassing love. I get excited thinking about the fact that something bad happens to me, they hit the jackpot. It's kind of weird, you know, there was a long time when I knew if, that my, financially, my family would be a lot better off if I got hit by a train or something. So it's a weird feeling when you know that they know. <laughs> Everybody with me? Yeah. But I never worried about that. I didn't have anybody tasting my food before I ate it. You know, why not? Because I know they love me the same way. I know they love me with that same all-encompassing love. How do I know that? It's visible. We see it in each other, evidence of it, we know. Our relationship transcends the resources that I provide for them. Thank you so much for joining us today. You know, God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We're so thankful to God for what He is doing. And we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's word all over the United States. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station and other stations does come with expenses. We purchase time on this radio station and this program has been professionally produced. 
While we certainly don't want to manipulate or pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio to be heard in other parts of the country. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the donate button. Again, to make a secure donation to help Main Thing Radio continue to grow, log on to MainThingRadio.com and click the donate button. We'd also like to offer you a free copy of today's message. Your free copy is available for you to listen to or download when you log on to MainThingRadio.com. On behalf of Pastor Robert and the entire production team here at Main Thing Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you.